0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Peter Coghill, Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights and this week we're discussing mass surveillance. So Peter, can you lead us in please?
1: Yes, this is particularly topical at the moment. uh, A couple of reasons. The Executive Powers Act in the UK, 2016, um, which gives uh, intelligence agencies the ability to scrutinise data that uh, the the consumers of internet internet users produce without uh, the the, the, um, warrant restrictions that were previously there. Uh, And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Donald Trump, signed an executive order which uh, removes some of the restrictions on ISPs, um, the, some of the restrictions around privacy of their, their, their users' consumers' data, and allows them to sell that to, for example, uh, advertising agencies and other third parties who want to make use of that data to sell products and to find out more about about the Internet users. So. Um, I think we're going to talk we want to talk more about what mass events is and why we why these things are concerning and why why privacy on the internet and more generally is, is is an important thing that's 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 valuable and should be cherished well let's
0: start off with you and your opinion then so um are you concerned about some of these changes
1: well I am I mean I, I think the 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 we we, we we live in a very privileged Place in in Western society where we have a great deal of freedom and there's little constraint on us, and we, we you know we we generally most of us uh, aren't starving and we're not in imminent threat to life. Um, so it, we, I think we 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 potentially get in a place of complacency and we think the world is fine and everything's going okay. And if the government wants to uh, look at more of our data or our ISP wants to sell more of our data. That's fine because it doesn't sound too threatening, so I think that really it's, it's it, these these changes are potentially quite small um, they will have far they will have big impacts for certain individuals um, and they they are there intended for the greater good, but the direction is an erosion of privacy and individualism that is potentially if unchecked potentially quite dangerous I mean history has taught us that, uh, that small incremental changes. Can lead to big, big, catastrophic um, uh, impacts. So, think think back to sort of pre pre Second World War Germany. Um, it was incremental changes that brought about the rise of the the, the, the Nazi Party into power. Uh, that that had had they been challenged earlier, may have may have changed changed the course of events quite significantly.
0: And um, Chris, you look like you want to come in, but before I come to you, just sorry to come back to you again, Peter um from your experience all of you have worked in government but do you have a sense that in government that that it's not considered in the same way or that um you know can this come as a surprise to those working in government if people
1: push back against this sort of thing no i, I don't i don't think it's a surprise i think the, the people in government are generally of very high standard uh, morally and sort of uh uh, uh, intellectually, and they they understand these constraints. And I, none of the people I've ever worked with w- would want to use things inappropriately. They they're operating within a certain rule set. They are they they meet they make frustrations and constraints which make it difficult to do their job. So, the executive powers act will help the police catch more criminals, no doubt. But it comes at a, quite a great social cost. And I'm just I I'm concerned that it's not beyond the realms of possibility that. The UK uh, parliamentary democracy system allows in some nutball who become who tries to position themselves as a, as more of an autocratic leader, and we're in a bad situation. And these, these 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 previously passed structures allow them to get there, and then allow them to to uh, do 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 bad things.
2: Okay, uh, Chris. Um. Yeah. So I, I suppose I'm less uh, less concerned from the point of view of um the capacity of in in the case of of government having access to um uh to online data um just in terms of the the capacity for it to be processed and and the um the potential for invasion of privacy so i think m- most people are probably most concerned by the thought of another person scrutinizing Uh, private communication or online transaction that they've conducted and uh thinking about it in terms of you know government's capacity to spare people to look at communications and the volumes of communications i was doing some uh, back of the envelope uh calculations and you know assuming organizations like nsa and and gchq it's its uk equivalent um you know, given the the number of employees that they have and the um the fact that not all of those employees will be employed to read bits of information about people, some of them are technologists and managers and all that kind of stuff, and the number of hours in the day and uh the number of the amount of time it might take to scrutinize something then uh, um you're talking about you know tens of a maximum of tens of thousands of people l- looking at this at this stuff um and you know on any given day estimates vary but you you could have hundreds of billions of um online transactions communications uh social media um events occurring um so just from the perspective of um of the capacity for another human being uh, to look at that I, th- I think my you know my calculations were suggesting you know for any given transaction or communication you send there is a, a far lower than one in a million chance of it being scrutinized by by a person in in which case um, I am I'm not particularly concerned uh, uh, about that um, however that's that's because uh, I am part of um, a group of people for whom, because let's assume that they are not randomly scrutinizing uh, uh online activity that there is a a specific focus to it, and certain activities are more likely to be scrutinized than than others um, now were I one of the individuals in you know let's say we operated in a society where where secular rationalists were persecuted. Uh, and were th- considered a threat to the regime um, then perhaps you know us recording these podcasts and getting them out might be an activity that would be that would be scrutinized and and restricted by government and we could end up in a, a dark jail somewhere for for doing that uh, then I would probably be be more more con- concerned about that but within our own within our own society I I just feel for those people who are sat listening to this, thinking, "Oh, the you know sinister government listening into my communications." My my suggestion is that the reality is that's not going to be. You know, if you're doing something depraved like buying a you know a a justin bieber album or something you know then then that's that secret is not going to be is not going to be discovered by another human being so i think for those people who are who have this notion of government being able to other people being able to look at everything i think that's a very mistaken um uh uh, sort of outlook the the problem is if you are one of the people who is doing something which is legal within a or within a society which is persecuted and you don't feel that's a bad thing you feel what you're doing is a good a good thing
0: yeah i think it's partly that i think it's a question of increments as well um and also just to use your example you know without going to extremes but let's say if we were for example in the uk if we were perfectly law-abiding citizens um, who also happen to regularly attend mosque um in the east end of london let's say and and still we live perfectly normal, blameless lives. And yet, I sus—I don't know. I suspect those people might come under a little bit more scrutiny than we might. And um, that's why I, you know people start to get uncomfortable a bit when when that sort of thing happens. Um, I don't know if that's a too blunt, a too sort of um, simplistic way to to look at it. But anyway, Nick.
3: Yeah. Well, I think um, uh, I, I I'm probably I think it's it's fair to say actually from my experience in. Uh, working in the security, uh, sort of government security area, is that most people there um, very much see the benefits of uh, of, of better surveillance more regulated surveillance being a you know having access if needed to um you know to phone records of potential terrorists and to email traffic and so on um there's there's generally you know a belief that those those things are valuable resources that we should for the sake of security for potentially saving lives um you know should should always try and make sure we have access to I certainly would be I sort of judged the slightly at z- the zanier end of of being a bit more concerned about governments. Certainly less blasé about um, what governments might do because we're not talking about the current government. I know some people might be worried about the current government, uh, you know, reading their emails, but um, but it's really the scare is the scary potential future government, and we don't have to you know look very far. To see examples of fairly, you know, what we might consider fairly extreme governments coming to power, um, you know, in um, uh, and and it's it's then the question of you know, so the so the question is, what powers do we want to not give the government, right? So we're talking about actually preventing them from being able to do things they would otherwise be able to do, um, you know, and we the, the the question is how we find out what the right answer is, you know, how much. How much is privacy worthwhile uh, on its own so people do obviously like they prefer not to have the government reading their email quite apart from the potential benefits it might have you know people people do put a value on privacy it's hard to say how much that is because um actually we've completely put up with having cctv everywhere in in britain and you know the the um the new investigatory powers act has passed with pretty minimal controversy um you know there have been and there've been a few examples i found examples where local councils had used investigatory powers to to find out for example who was um illegally feeding pigeons uh there are you know anecdotes about um uh about individuals within organizations like the police or nsa who have um used uh, you know intelligence resources to look up information about people they know which are completely unconnected with any investigation. you know these things happen and but you know so far people don't seem to be hugely outraged. Um, so it's you know th- there's there's that question of how much do we care about privacy per se but then you know how much should we care or worry about um, the powers uh, that a bad government might might use um, you know we already they already have the armed forces. That's a pretty significant thing to have if you're a government. Um, you know, is this, is this less of a big deal than we think or more of a big deal than we think? You know, what can they do that's worse than what they can do already?
0: So um, two things, and one of them is more an observation and the second is a question. So I think one of the things that we're very privileged in this country is we've got a, a long, quite a long tradition of, of democracy that's been more or less uh, uninterrupted for quite a long time. And um, also that, you know, a continued state more or less over a thousand years, let's say. Now, that's maybe a bit of an overstatement, but I think there's a sort of a lot of uh, stability and trust um, in UK society, which means that with um, we're quite happy with what seemed like quite small changes, but not because it's always been OK in the past and not thinking about what a future uh, government might look like. And that's the first thing. I think the second thing is um, what interests me is is, given what Nick has said, in, is anything changing right now that's what i'm interested in is anything changing right now that we could be alarmed about
1: peter uh, no i don't think so but i think it's the the potential is there um, and that's what we're that's what we're we're warning against we're not we're not trying to move our podcast recording underground and start the revolution but because they're an imminent threat but uh, but uh, nick's right this the libertarian movement in the uk is quite sort of is, is is almost non-existent really i think but in places like germany and uh and the united states who have had a more recent history of escaping some kind of oppressive regime the uh, in the United States case it was us the British um they have a very strong libertarian attitude and these debates are much more public and much more vocal um uh, and, it, and it and it chimes well with their overall attitude of the, the sort of Calvinist uh, kind of work hard play hard and you'll you'll do well in this sort of open marketplace um it, 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 we we just don't have a more, uh, as much of a recent history I think you know had we had had the the, the Nazis been in successful and invaded uh the UK and we'd throw them out then things might be different but we, we I think it's just that we, we, we are too comfortable and we allow we, I, 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 I'm I, not saying we reverse these things but I'm saying that we, we should perhaps talk about them more so the prevalence of CCTV and things you know it slips in and people don't mind and they see the benefits so getting on a bus in London is much safer than it used to be because there's cameras on all of them um, but at what cost or what potential cost? Very difficult to reverse these things as well um chris
2: yeah i mean i i suppose um i i'm far less fearful of of government uh you know we in this country we you know it's it's not the Stasi aren't operating generally generally that data is being used uh to be- benefit our security and and you know uh genu- you know genuinely so um but what what I'm far more concerned about is um, commercial entities and their use of my data and that becoming more and more intrusive and more and more empowered. I mean, governments, at the end of the day, whether a government has a power to do something or not, a, an authoritarian regime will grab powers it will find a way so whether it has the power to listen to your emails or not uh, or read your emails or not at at some point it will engineer a situation where it can do that so the the existence of legislation or not is you know um, you can talk about slippery slope and all those kinds of things but uh, but I, I'm less concerned about what government in this country is doing today I'm far more concerned about what uh, various organizations are doing with um, you know geolocation on my phone uh, with uh, the use of cookies um, with understanding my internet purchasing history and my viewing on tv and and not only that but the capacity for them now to process that information and to then at the moment make offers to me about things they think I want you know uh, that that may be I may or may not find that useful. Um but at some point some th- I, I I am much less trusting of those commercial entities than I am of the UK government and not only that I feel they have far more capacity to process things and they've got far more of my data that I'm just giving them. You know government bends over backwards to get rid of, of uh, of data it holds on,
3: yeah, mainly people. by leaving it on trains. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 yeah, I know. I, I think though, but I think you're, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's as clear cut as that because first of all, companies have a commercial incentive, which is pretty existential, uh, in a way that doesn't really exist for government employees. You know, to make sure that your data is is used in a way that isn't gonna. You, you as a customer, you know, it's not going to lose you ultimately as a customer or going to lose market support and certainly isn't going to, um, you know, raise any legal liabilities. Um, and, um, you know, there's not I don't think I think there's, you know, plenty of evidence of, um accidental data loss or data leakage from government as well as from the commercial sector but the other key point is you do have the choice with um you know with uh, a company you you you're transacting in a way that you know means they are going to get your data if you want to play Angry Birds you're going to have to put up with um with them you know using geolocation services on your phone and harvesting that data and selling it but you can ultimately choose not to um i i think the i think the big danger isn't uh, it, i mean it's not i' was just touched on this but it's not really malice necessarily on the part of governments it's you know if you give someone the power to to co locate a whole bunch of of data um it's you, you know that data is then much more vulnerable and and at the one of the provisions of this act is that companies have to retain um uh internet connection records for every uh, every, every user so you know every internet service provider uh, has to keep your records for a year of every domain that you visited, not the individual web pages, but the domain. Now, um, you know you can imagine how that could be uh, well, be you know potentially embarrassing, or uh, you know for to have those released for a lot of people. Um, if they're all in one place and being kept somewhere and on a government database, it, you know it's possible to imagine an Ashley Madison-style leak where all of that data suddenly becomes available. Uh, you know, with the with really the best practical controls that you can imagine there is no way of stopping that you know even if it comes out in a snowden sort of uh uh type leak you know if that data exists it, it it's it is vulnerable to being leaked and then you know that's every everyone in britain potentially had all their internet um usage exposed that's that seems to me a much more plausible danger um than than at the moment at least than a government you know uh, hunting you down that's and that's something else we have to consider we can't just consider you know the intent we have to consider what the uh, unintentional consequences might be
0: well just let's i mean we've concentrated on the negatives so far um and i, I know you want to come with something chris but coming back to nick you talked about the the potential negatives there what are the potential benefits uh, of holding that kind of data for for government
3: well it's, it's for i mean for inve- investigatory purposes so to be able to f- track down um uh, criminals more more easily, and to identify them, and to gather evidence that will either you know will uh, absolve or convict um, criminals by by showing you know that they had their phone at a certain time in a certain place, they sent sent someone else a text message, you know that they visited a website looking for uh you know for 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 bleaches and other cleaning materials, you know on the day that uh, someone mysteriously. Uh, you know, got murdered and, and, you know, all of those kinds of things, which actually, um, you know, are really, really vital, I think, to, to modern day uh, policing. So, so that being the
0: case, I mean, if we just sort of get this down to you and what you think, and so given the benefits that you've outlined there against what you saw as the potential biggest biggest negative side, which is um, um, data getting hacked, let's say, where, where, I mean, where do you come on this? What, what's your sort of...
3: I well, I think you know the approach that we've taken which is making sure that we have oversight controls we got to make make sure there has to be ministerial approval to actually read you know emails which is what we have you know that's all uh, fine um what what I think we need to guard against is it becoming considered normal or okay or just routine and um you, you know we, we never for purely practical reasons that that leads to people becoming careless um, and that 's that's so I suppose you know i'm i 'm kind of in favor of it with the controls uh that are in place, but we just need to always make sure we realize what the potential downsides are, and that we don't certainly people in government don 't get over optimistic about their ability to manage or handle or you know prevent prevent leaks from happening um, and we have to plan against those those outcomes
2: i I think for me the um I suppose the the most concerning um scenario is uh, well firstly I think that data is already being hoarded but not by government I, I you know by um companies and if you look at the way the US uh, presidential election was was conducted and the support that were given to to different candidates by um companies you know there are companies some of them based in this country which you know were um boasting about their ability to to generate um sort of uh portfolios on individuals containing thousands of pieces of information about those individuals in order to know how to best influence them to vote in in an election um and uh you know you might say well that's no that's no different really to um to going round and uh, either polling or asking people about their views at the doorstep, except that um, I'm not sure the extent to which consent was directly given about the the you know um, accumulation and analysis of of this data, uh, and I think that that ability to to use data to manipulate you either to to buy something or to vote in a particular way um is potentially concerning okay um we need to wrap
1: this up um peter i want to finish this off with you just to just to dig in a bit more into why why it's concerning so the so in america the 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 rules have been overturned by by trump um the, the 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 question of choice whether or not you can use this ISP or the, or another ISP doesn't really work for a lot of people because the the way that it's the industry's is constructed is that you only have one ISP that delivers broadband services to you and you in the modern world you don't really have a choice not to use the internet even if you had a choice of ISPs they're all trying to maximize their profit so they're all likely to be operating on the same kind of framework and be wanting to sell your data so your it's the the choice argument doesn't really work yes you've got a choice not to use Angry Birds um, but you haven't really got a choice not to use email in the modern world because everyone expects you to so you'd be difficult to get a job without using the internet Um, so uh, these questions of whether or not you're giving permission and whether or not you have a choice really don't stand up to scrutiny uh, and th- and that's th- that's why these incremental changes that don't seem to have much impact uh, with each one, but in aggregate, com- uh, are extremely dangerous is 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 something that's very very important. Good. Um, anything anyone wants to say to sum it all up to round it all off? But uh, the I, I I like Chris and Nick. I'm not I'm less concerned about the. Hold on, you said, did you say you like them or unlike them? No, I I, I like them. I'm, I'm less concerned... I thought you were
0: saying you don't like me. No, So I, I like Nick, I like Chris, but I, I don't yeah. like you. Well, that,
1: that is true, but that's beside the point. <laughs> the, the, uh, I, I'm, less, I'm less concerned about the malice in government and commercial companies. I think the, the major threat to the individual is incompetence of one form or another. Even though they take great pains to protect personal data, the, 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 the criminal element, people trying to get hold of data for nefarious purposes, are extremely inventive. And actually, just sort of finish one of the
0: things you mentioned about actually with you know yes you can make a decision whether or not to play Angry Birds or not right um, but I imagine a world where you got improved insurance premiums because you were a regular user of 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 Angry Birds and that got me thinking um, I've played Angry Birds about two years ago I quite liked it but I know this is completely off topic but. Do you have a favourite uh, game from specifically that's kind of that's been come around with mobile devices and so on? Um, have a think about that. I, Peter's itching to go already, Peter.
1: Well, I, I think the only safe game to play is Snake because it's so old and no one's collecting, collecting any data about you on the. What's on Snake? The, what is Snake? You remember the old Nokia's, the LCD screen Nokia's right. Snake was the the and one and only game that they had, which was a little Snake. You 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 cruised around the screen collecting um, nuggets and your snake got longer until you crashed into yourself and then it would reset sounds great uh nick you like your. i games. don't
3: i don't play mobile games um in fact i have a slight downer on people who sit on the tube playing mobile games especially especially candy crush for some reason i i i uh but that's just me being a snob what should
0: I, these people be doing
3: d- doing the crossword like me
0: right very good chris Yep, cryptic crossword all the way. I like any kind of sniper game, actually,
3: um, and that's worrying.
0: <laughs> and
2: and so the, especially the real one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I remember when I was doing. Um, well, first of all, so that, there's lots of sniper games on mobile stuff, which I always quite enjoy. But I remember back to when I was doing my master's degree and coming up towards exams, is that the way I found release was to go off and uh, play a sniper game in the arcade. And um, there's just, there's something about sniper games that I like is two things. One, just how far away people are. They have no idea what's coming. Um, <laughs> and and secondly, I just like the one-shotness of it, you know. Rather than just, you know, spray and pray, I just like the kind of the precision of, of it. So, um, so, well when we start the revolution we, we know who's going to be yeah, in you the know sniper who. core. thank you very much, there we go I shall take that call um, ok gentlemen, thank you, thank you as always uh, I'm Fraser McGrew you've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast with Chris Ragg, Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights thank you very much indeed, bye bye